0: It's the Harlan
1: Highway on an open fire. Hey, it's me, it's Harland Williams, and uh, you are on the Harland Highway, and we have an interesting show today. We're going to be talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly today. We have some funny stuff, a little, little serious stuff today, and... Um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about that—that that horrible shooting that happened, where the children lost their lives. It's something I feel like I need to talk about. Uh, talking about guns in the United States and gun control, and advocates of guns, the the bad versus the good of guns. It's a little bit serious, a little bit heavy, but I think it's something that's on all our minds. So I, I thought I'd put it out there. But we're also going to have some good positive stuff. One of our uh, pavement pounders has uh, done a good deed. uh, As uh, I requested you do some homework and try and spread some good during the holiday season, we got a phone call from one of the pounders, and uh, he did it. Uh, We got the Harland Highway question of the day, and uh, we got all kinds of fun stuff. So... uh, it's going to be groovy, um, and we're going to end the show with me doing Twas the Night Before Christmas in a very special way. Uh, it's a tradition here. So get ready. Here we go. It's the Harland Highway!
2: You just made a wrong turn. Onto the Harland Highway. Oh, it's lovely.
0: It's just lovely. The Harland Highway. Hi, Harland. I'm Teddy Rockspin, and I'm your friend.
2: Riding down the Harland Highway. I'm not your daddy.
0: Fire. Jack, Jack Frost, Frost nipping, nipping at your nose <laughs> That
1: sounds like it would hurt, doesn't it? Some guy named Jack Frost nipping at your nose I mean nipping is biting. Imagine some guy just walks up and starts gobbling your nose. Hey man, how you doing cold out, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Hey, man, my fucking nose. You're lucky that's all I'm nipping at, dude. Um, Anyways, Christmas music. We're here. We're close. Oh, we're just days away from Christmas. And I put some Christmas music on. I'm excited. Here's why I'm excited. I issued, you know, with, with a lot of nerve mind you, I don't know if any other podcast, podcaster, cast potter, asks his listeners to do homework now and then, but I did, I I put upon you the task of doing a little homework and I said, during this holiday season, regardless of your race, creed, color, or stance in the world, I put the challenge out there to you pavement pounders to try and do something nice for somebody. Step outside of your box. Go out of your way to uh, extend some kindness or show some love towards a fellow human being or animal or somebody or something. And boy, oh boy, am I happy. I said, you know, if, if you want to share any of that with, with me, uh, you know, I always give out the phone number here. And uh, I'm very happy today because one of uh, one of the pavement pounders called in and uh, it looks like he did some homework and it just warms my heart because that's what this season is all about and I hope his story will inspire you to, uh, to do your homework and reach out, go out of your way, whether it be something big like giving someone a dollar in the street or helping someone change a tire. Who knows? But I can't hold the elation in any longer. I want to share with you uh, this uh, Pavement Pounders phone call, and I'll let him tell you how he stepped out of the box and spread a little kindness during the holiday season. Here we go. Hi,
2: and This is Jamie from Chicago. I uh, heard uh, your recent podcast about doing things good for people in the holiday season. I wanted to convey a story that happened on Saturday night after the bars were closed. I was jumping on the uh, Chicago L train and I got a burrito before I jumped on the train and I open up the burrito while I'm on the train and I take a first bite and there's this homeless woman and she's looking at me and I'm thinking to myself, kind of rude to eat in front of her because she's probably hungry or whatever. And on the next stop, the door is open and she gets all her bags and she's about to get off and she looked at me and she asked me for the burrito and uh, I just gave it to her because I was like what I want this burrito right now this woman needs it and uh, I thought to myself burritos are actually a great food delivery me- mechanism because it has all the food groups wrapped up and uh, for all the pavement pounders out there you want a good thing to do over the holidays go make a ton of burritos and cruise around and and then hand them out, and I guarantee people will love them. Hey Harlan, love you, dude. Keep it up. I love the Harlan Highway.
1: You're the man. Please. See, there you go. Am I all tingly inside? Yes, I am. That is uh, that is fantastic. Thank you for doing that. Um, unbelievable. Uh, a little gesture, a burrito, a Christmas miracle burrito. I'm gonna call it right now. Okay. A homeless lady. In the night, alone, cold, probably has no friends, struggling, struggling to keep uh, food coming to her, struggling to find a place to sleep, and let's face it, we all love our burritos, man, we all love our junk food, okay, and uh, for Jamie to... uh, to sacrifice his his delicious burrito, and I'm guessing if you're out late hitting the bars, you might have had a little buzz going, and, you know, after you drink, you're always pretty hungry. Which I'm not saying you were drunk, I'm saying possibly, whether you were or you weren't, you, uh, you gave it up, man. You saw someone that needed something more than you did, a complete stranger, and he handed over his delicious burrito. Good for you, buddy. Thanks for doing your homework. I hope you folks like that story, and uh, I hope you'll follow his wonderful example and uh, spread a little kindness. Give of yourself to other people this holiday season. Bravo, buddy. And how about that idea of uh, driving around with burritos? That could be a new Christmas thing, man. Like Christmas burrito day. You know, we, uh, you know, there's a day somewhere during the holidays where people have to uh, go in their homes and make burritos and drive around and hand them out. It's Christmas Burrito Day. There's got to be a Christmas Carol in there somewhere. So wonderful job, way to go! And uh, please, if any of you uh, feel like sharing your uh, your homework stories with the rest of us, we love to hear it. And, um, which isn't to say if you don't do anything, you're a bad person, but if you do do something, uh, you know, good for you and, and, uh, feel free to share. You can write me at harlemwilliams.com or you can, uh, call and, uh, you know, leave your story. Um, and speaking of Christmas, later in the show, uh, you know, usually every year I somehow get somebody or something to record, It was the night before Christmas. And uh, this year, I thought, uh, you know, I would do it. I think last year, Hannibal Lecter did it. And uh, I'm going to do it this year, but I've got a special twist I want to put on it for you because, um, you know, I just don't want to read it. We've heard it a million times. But uh, I think I'll read it with a, a little bit of a little bonus twist on it. So a little later in the show, we'll get to that. Uh, but right now, I think it's time for the Harland Highway question of the day. The Harland Highway question of the day. Okay, the question of the day is, and this one's a little bit personal, how often do you change your underpants? That is the question of the day. Gentlemen, how often do you change your underpants? And ladies... If you're even wearing underpants, I have to believe that most women listening to this podcast wouldn't have the audacity to wear underpants. But if you do wear underpants, how often do you change them? What is considered cool? What is considered sanitary? What is considered foul? Uh, I'll be honest. I'm going to share. I give a pair of underwear two days. I get a fresh pair out. I put them on. I wear them, and then I wear them the next day, and then they're done. Is that is that wrong? Is that gross? Should, should I be wearing a fresh pair every day? Or am I not uh, wearing them enough? Should I be wearing them three, four days in a row? Um, I don't know. What, what is the rule? There should be directions on the underpants. Please wear for 24 hours and then steam in a walk. Um, and is it different for ladies? La- ladies seem to be a little more finicky about, uh, you know, hygiene and cleanliness. I'm, I I, wonder, you know, it's funny. I've never really asked after having uh, girlfriends and being married once, uh, you know, how, how often do you change your undies? Maybe I should be paying more attention. But to the gentlemen out there, how, how how long do you give your undies before uh, you're like, oh, God? And ladies, how long do you give them? I remember when I was a kid, man, I didn't understand, uh, you know, the whole thing about cleanliness like that. I just thought, oh, it's a piece of cloth. It's under my pants. It can't get dirty. There's no There's no dirt touching it. There's no grass touching it. There's no outdoors. It's protected by my pants. My underpants can't be dirty. So I'll wear them for weeks. And this is gonna gross you out, but I used to wear I used to wear a pair of underpants and keep in mind I went to boarding school for a little while, so my, my mother didn't have access to my laundry. I was I stayed at a boarding school, so no one knew this, but I just thought, oh my pants my underpants are protected by my pants. I'll wear them for two, three, four weeks. I swear to God, I started to develop a rash around my groin area, like little, little red pimples, and yeah, I know, I can feel you cringing, I'm cringing, I'm cringing right now, I had little, like, red dots, that looked like zits. And it was probably just from the the, the, uh, the bacteria and the sweat. And, uh, you know, you're, when you're a little boy, you're running around and you're playing street hockey and you're playing tag and you're jumping on a trampoline. You're playing soccer. You're, you're sweating. You, sh- you probably should change your underpants once a day when you're a kid. <laughs> Here's me not understanding hygiene and bacteria and, and uh, you know, so I would literally wear these things for, for days and weeks. And then finally when I started to, I started. you know, I don't think there's supposed to be red, red little welts on my uh, pubis. You know, the eight pubic hairs that I had at the time, you know. I don't think there should be little red dots. I don't think I should be able to see the big dipper on my groin. You know what I'm saying? So even at an early age, without understanding the hygiene, I, I started to Nancy Drew it. I put two and two together. I'm like, gee, my uh, my white underpants that are yellow kind of have, have been in my pants for a long time. They're the only thing rubbing up, my, uh, up against my skin. Uh, put two and two together. Yeah, they're probably like... If you threw these underpants on the ground they'd probably sizzle through the floor like you remember when that movie alien when when they up in space when they shot the alien and and he he bled acid remember that his blood would like eat right through the the metal in the floor and drip through to the next level i, I picture me throwing those those four week old underpants on the floor tss, tss, just sizzling right through the wood through the infrastructure of any building i was in sizzling into the basement of my boarding school some janitor in the boiler room eating a submarine sandwich suddenly this white and yellow blob comes through the ceiling right (laughs) so there it is there's the question of the day how long do you wear your underpants before washing them. The Harlan Highway. Question of the day. And this isn't the the question of the day, but this this is a sad question we have to ask. We have to talk about. Um, it, it's Christmas time. It's the holidays, and this maybe isn't the the best topic for the holidays. But we have to remember that that a whole bunch of families just recently lost their children during the holidays, and they're gone from their lives due to that insane maniac shooter that, you know, shot up that school and killed like 26-year-olds. Not 26-year-olds, but 20, the number 20, you know, 5- and 6-year-old children that were just, you know, learning to walk and talk and think and learn and it, it's just such a tragedy and uh, you know I don't usually like to de- delve too deep into uh, social and political issues I, I do it from time to time and I guess with this one it really struck struck a chord with me as I'm sure it did with you uh, to know that these innocent kids who never really got a chance to, to live out their lives are gone because of some idiot and and um, it brings up the whole debate on the gun issue, which you're, you know, you almost roll your eyes at just hearing it. Like even hearing myself say it, I'm like, oh, here we go again. Oh boy, the gun issue. But at some point, you know, I feel like you just take it off the table. It's not an issue anymore. It it, it shouldn't be an issue. I feel like it, it. It should be. You know what? It's time to do away with guns. It really is. There there's no debate. There's no NRA. There's no hunters rights. There's no second amendment rights. All that to me is just shields, that's excuses, that's that's hiding behind a reason to perpetuate the ownership and the acquisition of firearms and guns. And the reality is we don't need them. Society doesn't need them. You know, we don't go hunting for our food anymore nothing really good comes from guns i was talking to a friend the other day who had an uncle who who had a collection of guns she was telling me this guy had like like 30 or 40 guns he was an ex-vietnam guy and he kept them in the basement locked up and i'm like really guns you're collecting guns like what do you do with a gun collection do you take them out? Do you look at them? Do you do you do you hold them in your arms? Do you sniff them? Do you rub them? Do you hang them on the wall? I mean, it's they're wet. They're weapons of death. Guns are built to to end life. That's what guns are built for. Don't, don't you know? You can say, "Well, I like to go to the target range." Yeah, but that's not why guns were made. They didn't create guns because there's a there was an outbreak of target ranges. Okay? They didn't create guns because clay pigeons were filling the air and shitting on people's cars. They didn't create guns to hang on walls and be collected. Guns were built to kill things, and primarily other human beings. And you can step in at this point and start all your arguments. And you're, you know, this and that. And as I said, your Second Amendment rights and your NRA BS. And... But you know what? Let me end the argument here and say do we really need guns? And for those of you that say we do, I would like you to look me in the eye and say we need guns when one day you come home and it's your six year old child. That's on the news, laying on a curb, eyes rolled back in their head, tongue hanging out in a pool of their own blood, dead. And how strong is your argument for guns at that point? It just, I don't think you have an argument. When you're the one, and anyone listening now who has a gun... You could be, oh, come on, screw you, it's not gonna, you know, that's just, that was a weird, weird rare occurrence, and, but it's not, it's not a, re- a weird, rare occurrence, it's it's happened over and over and over, not just in schools, but in banks, and and political rallies, and you, you name it, it's just, a, it's, it's a vicious, vicious, continuing cycle of senseless death and murder, And I think the day that it becomes your child, your six-year-old kid that got shot up by a gun, a Second Amendment NRA gun, where's your argument then? What leg do you stand on as you put your child's cold, lifeless body into the ground? Is that the point where you go, gee, do we really need guns in society do I? Do I really need to collect one? Do I really need to keep one in my drawer? And if nobody had guns, wouldn't society be a lot more peaceful and and there wouldn't be gun murders? And if you want proof, look around the world at countries that don't allow guns. Look at the statistics. You'll be shocked and alarmed at the difference between the death rate of, with guns in Canada and the United Kingdom, in Australia, in most civilized countries, versus the United States. The difference is massive. We're talking, uh, we're talking about gun deaths that number in less than the hundreds versus gun deaths in the United States that are up in the thousands every year. So I don't want to be lecture guy. I don't want to I don't want to, you know, drag it out. I don't want to I don't want to do the pros and cons because in my in my mind there are no more pros and cons. Any argument for guns is an argument for ridiculous. Um, you know, if you're worried about protecting yourself, pick up a canoe paddle, take a karate class. But uh, until, until, we, until we all as a society go, you know what? We really don't need these guns around. Um, this stuff will keep happening. So it's hard. It's hard to talk about this because it's like I have to push my opinion on you. But it, it, it's, it's, this is something that I'm passionate about because of those poor children. And earlier in the year, we had those poor people in the movie theater And, uh, you know, there's Columbine and there's all these school shootings and, you know, you know the list. And you know, we're going to have some more of them in 2013. How how many are going to die in the new year? Anyone want to lay down a wager? As morbid as that sounds, it's it's horrible. And so, as I say here in my somber voice, it's, it's time to get over all the rhetoric and the excuses and hiding behind various reasoning for having guns, and maybe now it's just time to acknowledge it's, you know what, let's just put them down, put them away, let's carry on as a society without them, maybe give that a shot and see how it goes. I think I think you'd be very, very surprised how many less people would die, innocent people, children, so a tough one, you know, tough thing to talk about, but it's the holidays, and, and to think that these people lost their kids, on top of that during the holidays, and it's a hard one for me not to talk about, because I think it really slapped all of us in the face, and so I wanted to chime in on it, and um those are my thoughts, Um. But uh, you know, I don't want the show to be sad. It's just uh, it's just a conversation, food for thought, things to think about, and um, let's get back to something a little more uplifting. Let's get back to something a little more fun. As I said earlier in the show, um, I promised you that we would have uh, our favorite Christmas poem, "Twas the Night Before Christmas." and uh and uh, I would read it this year, but there's gonna be a special treat, a special gimmick uh to that this year so so let's get into that and we'll say a prayer for those poor children that passed away and move on and uh and try and laugh and uh you know hope that um, that uh laughter can bring joy to us, to those families, to uh, maybe those kids if they're listening up there. So here we go, Twas the Night Before Christmas, and uh, a very special version of it. And you're like, well, why is it a special version? And here's why. I'm going to read Twas the Night Before Christmas to close out the show, but this year I'm going to do it, I'm going to put some underarm deodorant roll-on on my tongue. I'm gonna roll on some uh, Ultra Ban underarm deodorant right here on my tongue, and I'll try and you know say the poem, classic "Twas the Night Before Christmas" poem, with uh, underarm deodorant um all over my tongue. Let let me rub it on here.
0: Hang on. <laughs> Uh okay. Here we go. Here we go everybody. You ready? Let's get started. Here we go. For the night before Christmas, when the house, Now the reason was spinning, not even enough. The stockings were hung by the tin and the hair and hope that St. Nicholas soon will be there. The tell them they're nestled all snug in their beds, while living with sugar plums burnt in their heads. And Nana in the kitchen, and I in my cap, had just settled down for the long winter nap. When out on the lawn, there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed, which we walked the I Away to the window, I flew like a flash. Tore open the windows and the shutters, and slew up the staff. The moon blessed the new fallen snow, gave lustre to the midnight arms below. And when at my wandering eyes should appear, but a minute to stay, and it time in there. Now dancer, now dancer, now planter and victim. On Karma, on Coopin, on Dunan and Blitzin. To the top of the pot, to the top of the wall. Now that's the way, that's the way. That's the way, all I, I can't do anymore. My my mouth is stuck. I can't I can hardly breathe. I can hardly breathe. Okay, let me do the end of it. Let me just do the end of it, please. He's trying to this way. So his team gave a whistle. (laughs) And way they all flew like the down of the thistle. But I heard him explain as he drove out of sight. Happy Christmas to you. And to all autumn, (laughs) good night. I gotta take a break. Roger, I gotta take a break. We'll come back. I gotta get a drink of water or something. Yeah, I need some water. Okay. Wow.
1: <sighs> okay, we're back. I, I had to go get some water and uh, some turpentine and some WB, WD-40. <sighs> God, my mouth is like a cotton swab right now. <sighs> oh, lordy. Lordy, lordy, lordy. Okay. Well, I hope you liked that version of uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas <laughs> and... uh You know, I don't know why I did it with uh, underarm deodorant in my mouth, but I did. So there you go. Um, And there we go. We are at the end of our show here as we come up on Christmas. Uh, Our next episode is going to be a flashback show. It'll be episode three, the third Harland Highway ever done, and that's at the request of you guys. Uh, Many of you pavement pounders have called in and said the first 42 episodes aren't on the air we want them, and so I'm slipping them in kind of conveniently here and there as we go along. So episode number three will be the next one, and uh, that's it for today, folks. Uh, don't forget to uh, check out All Things Comedy. That's the uh, podcast network that uh, my show is on. you also find a bunch of other great comedians on there, Jake Johansson and Bill Burr, Al Magical, and get a lot of good, good solid comedy news on uh, from that site. Also, uh, check out my new my new stand-up comedy special, Harlan Williams, A Force of Nature, will be debuting uh, January 15th on iTunes. You can download it digitally. I'm very excited. This is a special that I shot out in the middle of the desert up on a hill, and it is kooky, man. I think you're going to dig it. Um, you can join me, uh, Harlan, Witter, uh, Harlan Williams, at Twitter, uh, the Harland uh, Highway uh, Pavement Pounders are congregating at my Facebook page, the official Harlan Williams Facebook page. And um, don't forget HarlanWilliams.com for uh, all my tour dates and, uh, you know, video clips and things like that. And don't forget my app, harlandapp.com. You can get ringtones for your phone crazy uh crazy voices crazy messages all that kind of stuff so uh check it out gang um happy holidays thanks for being here today and uh we will catch you next time and until that time
0: chicken talman that's quite a vocabulary